let's be real. Home is the place where all of the beautiful goodness Christ taught crashes headfirst into the ugly brick wall that is real life. But this is also where it starts to really matter. This is where we equip ourselves and our family with all of the tools, skills, and whatchamacallits vital to succeed in Christ. Join us in our journey to find light, positivity, and specific practical ways to make our homes little outposts of heaven so we can better brighten wherever we end up wandering. Hey everybody, welcome to Outposts of Heaven, the podcast. I am Andrew, and my beautiful co-host here is... Hey guys, it's Emily. Emily, the pregger lady. Yes, the pregger lady. (laughs) (laughs) She's in her third trimester, and so she is loving life in every single aspect, aren't you, hon? Yeah, we'll talk about that today. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, of course, I'm really grateful that we get to be pregnant and have another baby, but it is hard yeah yeah it can be difficult so just in case you haven't noticed the world has lost its freaking mind i don't know if you guys are aware of that Mm. i don't know if you've seen that but everything has gone crazy (laughs) so uh, this has prompted a lot of conversation in our home about how what, what we need to do to make sure our outpost of heaven stays strong how can we protect our kids while making sure our kids are prepared uh, to deal with the world and all of those fun and protecting ourselves and making sure that we're able to handle yeah. what's going on because <laughs> yeah. i mean i feel like they they can sense that something's off but they don't know right and so as we've been but we talk- know. <laughs> as we've been talking about uh this type of stuff and Honestly, as we've been really scared, and, and we'll, t- we'll talk about this a little bit, but we decided to, that we wanted to revisit uh, the concept of outpost of heaven, of making an outpost of heaven, what that means, why we do it, and then some hows, so things that we're doing well and things that we're working on right now. Mm-hmm. And I remember in the beginning when we first started the podcast, I think it was in the very first episode. We were kind of like making fun of the older generation and how they're always like, the world's going to crap, grumpy. Yep. But I totally get them now. (laughs) Yeah. I feel myself feeling that and I feel myself saying that. Yeah. Although, to be fair, I feel like we were kind of making fun of that when people were complaining about the presence of like Facebook and Twitter and like the decreasing ability of youth to converse with people and like yeah. that kind of stuff well yeah. now we're complaining about murder hornets a plague uh everyone losing their I mind i forgot about murder hornets <laughs> <laughs> they weren't actually a big thing i think it was just a sensational news because it was like oh my gosh another just one thing. more thing yeah but like all these things have happened this year and so i think it's a little more justified to be like what is going on than it was when we first started even yeah. a year ago. Yeah, but I do feel myself just feeling kind of like, 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 like that I've given up mm-hmm. on Losing society. Hope. Or yeah, I'm. It's hard to not lose hope. Yeah. So, hun, I I don't know if you are in complete agreement with me about this one, <clears throat> but when we first started, our this concept of outpost of heaven in our home, I thought of it as a let's all the believers create an outpost of heaven and then our goal is to eventually like overcome the world with goodness. With goodness. And, and so like we're gonna yeah. put so much goodness in the world that like the world just can't handle it and like they all become good. 
Yeah. That was my vision. Which of, sounds amazing. Well, yeah, plus seven. Um, I think uh, that has changed, and I don't know if I'm right. Like your perspective has my changed? My perspective has changed on, on this, the purpose of an outpost of heaven. Okay. Um, so my perspective now has, has begun, to sh- begun to shift as I see the world going so crazy and being so angry mm-hmm. um, that now when I think about it, I think about creating an outpost of heaven. Like what our job is, is to create spaces where everybody that wants to get ri- or get away from the darkness, get away from the world, get away from the anger and the hate and like the dominion of Satan, if you will. Mm-hmm. Like everyone who wants to get out of the world has a place to go. And so our job is just to like create these spaces that allow people to to get away. And the way we do that is like we you know we have our like our physical home. Yes, yeah, so we have our physical home, and then we have our communities. And whatnot. But as you have these uh, these uh, your little outposts of heaven, they link with other people in your community who ha- also are creating outposts of heaven. Mm-hmm. And so then you have these like interlocking outposts, if you will, that provide a place for people to flee to. Mm-hmm. And our job is not to overcome the world. Our job is to save as many people or provide safety and peace to as many people as desire it. And the Lord's going to have to deal with overcoming the world. Right, because it's it's not our job to overcome the world. That's, right. That's His job. And as awesome and empowering as it sounds to be the one to overcome the world and like spread so much goodness that it's like... I don't know, to want to take on that role sounds exciting, but really, like, it's not our job. That's the Savior's job. He's the Savior. Right. (laughs) Um, But it is so important for us to build our refuges. Right. So that you and your family can be safe and protected, and you can invite others to join you Mm -hmm. in doing that. And that's, like, your physical home, your community, your online presence, too. I think that's really important right now. Because yeah. so much hate is being thrown about right. and I, on I, social media. And I, th- I think I might be wrong. Remember, we're not, we're not like the gospel here. Oh, yeah, of we're course talking not. about like our discussions of the gospel and how we're trying to apply yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. Um, so don't take anything we're saying as the gospel truth. Uh, but I, I think scripture kind of supports that perspective that... Uh, our job before the Savior's second coming is not to uh, not to overcome the world. It's really just to provide a place to save as many people as want to be saved. And so what we can do is we can create that harbor, that refuge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's, that's a little bit of a shift, I think, for me. And it's been a... Uh, it seems like it's a small shift, but it makes it easier for me to be hopeful. Because I was like losing hope in humanity, right? When I was, when I had the perspective that the purpose of our outpost of heaven was to be like a springboard for the Lord to, or for us to like overcome the world's evil, mm-hmm. uh, and I felt a lot more pressure on us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I hope it's not a cop out, but I feel like <laughs> a lot healthier in my desire to just create a space for people to escape the evil if they want to. Right. Understanding that the evil is not going to be overcome until the Lord comes back. Right. No, you're. I think. I think you're. Right. I think. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it's healthy, and it feels good when I when I think about it. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Um, I think another thing that is good about that perspective is that I feel more confident Mm -hmm. in my ability to create my own outpost of heaven and other people to do the same. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like I was kind of losing confidence with the mindset that like it was our job to change the world when really like, okay, let's not, let's not take on the role of like changing the whole world. Let's just focus on ourselves and our home Mm -hmm. and the spaces that we're in. So before we get into like some of the specifics mm-hmm. uh, that we've planned on talking about, yeah, um, I want to hear your perspective on what this really looks like. This idea of like linking outposts together and then creating like a a larger outpost of heaven um, in a community. Like, so those are really pretty sounding words, and I really like the imagery of that. Uh, but what does that look like on the ground? Like, how do you link arms with another outpost of heaven? So one way that I've been thinking is um, trying to reach out and get to know our neighbors Mm -hmm. and um, just other people in the community that we know from church and from other programs um, to really, like, seek good friendships. And for me, I'm, I'm not really that outgoing as... I'd like to be. <laughs> um, but so for me, it, it's one of my social goals to like make new friends mm-hmm. and to be a good friend. Um, and so I have goals, which sounds really silly, but I, I do have goals to like reach out to people, um, like specific goals about that, mm-hmm. to reach out to people, to go above and beyond, to send texts and messages and um, check in on people like regularly. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I don't know how well that answers no, that I question. No, I think it <laughs> but, goes along with what I was thinking of. Yeah. Of, uh, so think about all the principles we've talked about the making outposts of heaven. I mean, this whole our whole podcast is talking about different principles of making outposts of heaven. Yeah. And it's really easy to... I mean, I think there's a, a natural progression where you start out creating these principles, uh, maybe not creating, but adapting... And applying these principles in your own life. And then you apply that to like your family's life. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, that, that happens in your relationship with your spouse, then with each of your kids. But then there's also like a collective outpost of heaven that's created. Uh, and then those same principles can apply outward again. So just like you right. were talking about creating those connections. But yeah, you can't really apply those unless you have connections. Right. And like, so you have to be making friends and be neighborly and unless yeah, I feel like you you have to have relationships or else you can't extend the outpost of heaven. Right. So like the, like, the, who the are you going to extend it to if always, you don't know anybody? There's always relationships, which is hard because uh, there's a a desire that I have felt very strong strongly in the past few months. I don't know if anybody else has. Maybe everyone else is better than me. But there have been a couple times where I'm like, all right, kids, like let's jump in the van. We're going up to the mountains, and we're going to build a cabin somewhere, and we're going to ignore everybody else, and we're going to start being farmers and hunters and gatherers, and that's it, because I'm done with all of this. Like, this is nuts. Uh Maybe first we need a van. <laughs> yeah, first we need a van. Maybe that's just me. This desire to, that has this desire to kind of just bug out and like not deal with the world. No, but I've heard a lot of people actually say that. Yeah. So I don't think you're the only. Okay. One. All right. Well, hopefully I'm not the only one. 
Uh, or maybe I, I hope that you are all better than me and you don't have that desire. But uh, I did. And uh, I forget exactly where I was going with this. But it was probably not worth it because I couldn't remember it. So uh, <laughs> okay. as we try and extend these principles outwards from our from our own family, I think that is expanding our outpost to heaven and linking arms with other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's... Uh, I'm just thinking of one specific example that came up in our family yesterday. So one of our, our one of our friends who lives fairly close by, um, who's a friend that was I mean, we've recently become friends with him. Uh, he and his wife are both working, uh, but they uh, they are their children are going to have to do online schooling come fall. fall and mm-hmm. so they're trying to like figure out how to do like how, how are they supposed to leave their kids at home to do online learning when they're both having to work right and they're like oh they're they're kind of old enough they're like old enough to like be home but it's like scary to have them be alone for that long every single day every single day yeah um and i think uh, especially from like a a uh, masculine perspective, like from a man's perspective, like one aspect of an outpost to heaven that I am very committed to providing is physical safety. Mm-hmm. Uh, not just, and I think we talked about this yesterday, how like we, we both feel this, this desire to protect. Yeah. But like yours is a, mine's more of like a nurture protect. Right. Or like a, yes, physical protect, but not so much physical. Right. It's not like your more main of like focus. an emotional protection or a spiritual protection. Right. And, and for me, physical protection like, is like number one is it is well, when I think about protection, I, I feel that like urge. Yeah. Um, I think that's pretty natural for me. Yeah. I think, I think it's a natural and a good distinction. Yes. I think there are differences between men and women. Let's just say that. So <laughs> you can yell at me if you want, but I'm going to, that's another hill I'm willing to die on. So, uh, I think for me that was a big a big thing was this is a desire to provide physical protection, mm-hmm. uh, and so we told our friend like, hey man, if like you have to leave her at home, like I work from home a lot now, and Emily's gonna be here all the time. Yeah, like we are totally fine checking in on them or yeah, like, like send them over here. They can do school. Yeah, in the family room if they want. Like, <laughs> right, and, and yeah. so this this like extension of that kind of physical safety in my mind was an extension of an outpost of heaven. Mm-hmm. And so it might not be all of that we have to offer for an outpost of heaven, but but we can extend it in certain ways. Right, and it's so, like I mean, if you want to use the the outpost here as like an like another analogy, mm-hmm. and it's so like there are ways to extend your influence from your outpost. Maybe it's a Hopefully this doesn't get too military-esque and people zone out. But say, like, you have, like, one way of extending your influence is by having a machine gun placement on your wall. If it's, like, an, like, a, like a military outpost. Oh, I was, like, thinking about, like, a normal wall. <laughs> like, wow, that's a little intense. <laughs> no, I mean, like, it's like a military yeah, outpost. Okay. That's what, you know, an outpost right. is. Right, right. And so you have, like, your machine gun placement. Or we can go farther back and say, like, all right, so you have, like, a, a sentry tower and you have, like, a guy with a bow. Okay. Uh, and then you can have uh, you can have lights that make it so you can see farther and people can see where you are. Or you can have patrols that go go out. Or you can have people that, like, go out and provide food. And, and so there's lots of different types of 
influence you can exert outside of your immediate outpost. Now, obviously, like the influence you have, the place you have the most influence is inside the outpost, mm-hmm. and so you can bring people into your outpost as much as you can, and that will help them feel safe mm-hmm. um, and provided for and loved and cared for and all those things. Uh, but you can also uh, you can also project force outside of your your outpost. And I think that is also expanding your outposts because as you expand your ability to project force, again, using the military example, does that make sense? You know what project force means? I think so, yeah. So it means like like being able to... Uh, so if you project force, you like send military units outside of your country and being able to like perform military actions like away from your controlled borders. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It's like when... So, like, taking your behavior and your the way that you're creating your outposts and just, like, extending it. Yeah, like, being able to be a good person outside of your home. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you're not just relying on, on like, bringing people inside your home. So, you're not, like, you're not, like, so focused on the inside of your outpost or the inside of your home that when you leave, you're, like, shunning everybody. You're, like, okay, get in and get out kind of a thing. Right. So, you're focused get on, out and then get on like, creating a strong outpost to kind of rejuvenate yourself so that when you go out yeah so you protect yourself enough you can rejuvenate yourself and your family so when you leave the outpost you can continue to exert a good influence yeah i i get that i think i think that like even going to the grocery store has become so like eerie because of everybody is so like focused on like like get in get out kind of a thing and with the mask wearing and the like the darty eyes and everybody's so like focused and like head down yeah. don't make and eye all contact the political and, tension and all that stuff and the judging if you do wear a mask or if you don't wear a mask and the so much judging yeah it's like it's hard not to feel kind of creeped out i think when you go into public or go into a grocery store right. and so just maybe keeping in mind this is helpful for me because i've definitely felt that way just keeping in mind that no, like, I can still be a good person and represent Jesus Christ and, like, promote promote goodness in God yeah. and be happy to people. Even if the... I don't have to ignore everybody and just, like, get in and get out of the grocery store kind right. of thing. Even if the... Again, the military example comes up. Like, even if the rules of engagement have changed for the... Do you, have we talked about that, what rules of engagement are? I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast. All right. Well, rules, rules of engagement are the, like, the rules that uh, dictate how military personnel... Uh, can engage with the enemy right and so it says like okay if you can't fire until you're fired upon first or uh the goal is to like like you can't throw grenades randomly or whatever it is i mean so like there's like a a, like battle rules yeah like battle rules like how how you need to conduct yourself in battle so even if our rules of engagement have changed because of the nature of the situation today we can still continue to be representatives of jesus christ and envoys of our of our outposts of heaven. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, what we're trying to do is increase our ability to project force and provide safety and peace. And people need safety and peace more than ever right now. Yeah. yeah. At least I in my lifetime. One of the biggest things we can do is continue to show people the light of Christ. Right. So, so. let's kind of dive into some specifics. Yes. Thank you for, for entertaining my question. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> so let's talk about... We said we don't have to talk about... Uh, uh, some things that we're doing that we have done well, mm-hmm. right in the past. Yeah, so we have two things that we're we think we're doing well, 
two things that we're struggling with. Yeah, or two that things. That we're working on. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I can start with, should we start with our successes or our, let's start with the, our struggles? Let's start with the successes because I think it's like a, a, like a, what is it? It's a natural progression where we realize, okay, we're doing these things well, but now what? Like there's some okay. other things we can work Good on. Good point. Okay, so. Yeah. And, and in general, how I do this is I like to feel a certain amount of tension in the sense of like, Ooh. not that kind of tension, but like, um. <laughs> Like when you're working out, how like you you want to f- feel like that, like that okay. working out, yeah. And you can feel like, like the stretch, the stretch. Yeah, you can feel like okay. the, the tension on your muscles. And if you are, you if you're like if you're working out with weights and your weight is too low, you don't feel that that extra tension that you uh, you feel like when you're at the edge of your ability. Yeah. Okay. So, I thought you were talking about like social tension. <laughs> no, no, no. And so like the the tension on your muscles, right? And so the for me, like when you start to feel a lack of tension and you feel like that, you feel like you're not growing anymore. Mm-hmm. Then that's that's good, a good indicator that it's time for you to work on something else because okay. you have that thing, other thing down. Yeah. Still continue to do that thing, but like you have that thing down. And so I think recently we realized that we've been doing these these things. These first things we're gonna talk about well, and then we decided, okay, like what's the next thing for us to work on? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. okay. So, so, so I think that one thing that we're doing well is kissing. Gosp- uh, mm. We're good at kissing. Okay. <laughs> but <laughs> gospel learning in the home. I think we've been re- doing pretty well at being consistent with like reading with the kids, um, scripture reading with the kids, learning gospel songs with them, and having Jesus be a very normal thing that we relate back to with them um it's been so cute we have this little the the kids room isn't done yet because we're still kind of i mean no we've been here almost half a year now but i feel like the house is still new we haven't like completely finished decorating and so the kids room isn't quite done but we have this picture of jesus that um is in their room but it's not hung on the wall and so it kind of just moves around the room Uh um and so every night Hiram has been asking, like, put it, like, set it up in the rocking chair so that he doesn't have bad dreams. And it's this picture of Jesus and he's holding a little, like, oil lamp, lamp yeah. with a flame. And it's just, like, the cutest thing that he is so confident that as long as Jesus is watching over him and he has the light, that he's not going to be scared at night and he's going to have good dreams. Yeah, we were really even at, at my parents' house the other day. And in the room where he was sleeping, I, they had a picture of Christ, but it was like a small one, and it was on like a bookshelf, and he couldn't see it. And he came out uh, after we put him down and said, "Like, like, there's no picture of Jesus. Like, I'm gonna have bad dreams. Like, can you find me a picture of Jesus?" <laughs> so and so we were uh, like went and grabbed the picture and like put it somewhere where he can see it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I I just think that we've been. Like, not to toot our own horns, but we have been doing pretty well mm-hmm. with learning about the gospel together in the home. Um, at least with the kids. I know there's a lot that I could be doing on a personal level to continue my own gospel learning and as a couple. Yeah. Um, but with the kids, we've been doing pretty well. Yeah, I feel like... And it's cute to watch them learn and grow. Yeah, I feel like we've been... One thing I really like about the culture we've developed right now in our home is it's... 
like you said, it's very natural to bring up Christ outside of just church time or scripture reading time because mm-hmm. we do those things, but we we talk about Jesus as part of our everyday lives, and so he'll frequently just bring up something about Jesus. Yeah. And his, I've been amazed at how good his memory is. Yeah, we're learning these like gospel songs, not like worship songs. How would you describe them? Yeah, so in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, we have these uh, 13, we call them Articles of Faith. And so they're just short little tidbits that uh, that capture the majority of our basic beliefs. Right, and so in the like the child program, the primary program, they have put music to the words. Right. And so we've been learning those little songs with Hiram. And with Ruth, I guess she does little hand motions. Yeah, so we, we, um, we made hand motions for each, for not each of the songs, but for some of the, like the longer the songs. The longer ones, we kind of made up our own hand motions to help them remember. Yeah. But they've been loving it, and Hiram has memorized six of them, and we just go like one through six, yeah. and then we add another one like every two or three weeks. Yeah, and he's doing awesome. And it's, it's really fun to watch him, like as he's playing by himself, he'll just start singing oh, yeah, these songs. Oh yeah, it's adorable. And so like the first one, the first article of faith is we believe in God, the eternal Father, and in His Son, Jesus Christ, and in the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he'll just, like, be sitting there singing to himself, like, and, like, saying that over and over again. And yeah, it's, it's, it's like, yeah, buddy, like, yeah, we believe that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then another thing, too, he started praying by himself recently. And it's just, first, adorable to hear what's important to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and what he's been thinking about, because it comes out in his prayer, like, three times he'll repeat the same thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But then also it's really satisfying as a parent to know like, wow, like, okay. Something's working. Something's working. He's getting it and he wants to do this. Like he wants to pray. Right. And that's really cool. So, yes, I feel like we've done, we've we've been doing a a good job with that. We've been, we make sure that we read scriptures at the same time every night. So for us, it's just before bed. Like that's just like part of the bedtime ritual is, is reading scriptures. And it works well. Mm-hmm. And it's not very long. Fre- oh, no. Yeah. Frequently, like, we only read... They don't last more than three minutes. Yeah. I mean, we only read a couple sentences, but then we try and talk about it. Yeah. And, and it's it's the consistency that is key. Right. And Hiram will remember. Like, if yeah, we, he knows that. Like, it, it's so consistent now that if we forget to read scriptures... or oh, if he'll we, tell us. Yeah, he'll tell <laughs> us. Or if it's like, he's so tired and exhausted that he's being unreasonable and he's just screaming, like, we'll just put him down and say, oh, we'll, we'll read scriptures tomorrow. And then he'll come out and be like, "We didn't read scriptures." Like, okay, okay. Yeah. Yes. We probably right. should. We should do that. <laughs> you're right. Um, so yeah. another thing I feel like we've done well is intentionally uh, design, or maybe not designing, but setting up our home in a way to co- make us think of the, of the gospel frequently mm-hmm. and think of the Savior. Yeah. Uh, and so we, we've done things like we have pictures of Christ in a lot of our rooms. Not all of them yet. I think it's a goal. The goal right? is to have one picture of Christ in every room. Yeah. Um, um, but then... We're working on it. Besides that, like, we we wanted our outpost of heaven to be a place where uh, things feel very open and very light and very happy and we want... That, that we like to be there, but then that other people will come into our home, hopefully, and be able to feel that spirit. Right. And... And a place where there's music and laughing and dancing and all those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've intentionally designed and set up our home in a way to maximize that feeling. Yeah. 
And that's not, and we're not saying like your outpost of heaven needs to be designed specifically for those things and like to do the, for the exact same atmosphere that we want. We just like what we've done. Yeah. And that's okay. And I, I, I would just encourage people to be intentional about it because like the way you design your home and the way you, you, um, ukrasit, what is that like to decorate? Decorate. Um, it, it makes a difference in how you feel. Cause like we feel different when we go to, like my parents' home, which is also a very good outpost of heaven, uh, and which is also very intentionally designed and, and decorated, but it's like it's just kind of a different atmosphere. Like find your atmosphere, like f- find what makes your home you, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like figure out what. Like I don't even wh- know what I'm trying to say. Think of like what you Too want you, the atmosphere, <laughs> a- atmosphere, atmosphere of your outpost oh, of heaven man. to be, and then intentionally work to cultivate it. Yeah. Exactly. There we go. There you go. Okay. So things we're working on. Do you want to okay. go first? Oh, I will go first. Okay. Okay. So I will preface, yes, that I'm pregnant. So I am quite moody. <laughs> and <laughs> Emily really isn't that moody. She's just moody compared to her normal. Compared to my normal, I'm very moody and whiny. And I don't like that about myself right now. <laughs> um, but that's one of the things that I've been really struggling with with creating and like maintaining an outpost of heaven is I just feel so like down, not like depressed, but like I think what's going on in the world right now is making me scared. And my reaction to that is just negative and I really want to be positive and I'm trying to be positive in the home and on social media. And I want to be a person that, people can come to to feel safe and to feel peace and confidence um and i'm really struggling with that right now and i think that within our home especially i just i'm so sick of being so negative and so whiny and complaining about the world and reacting poorly i just feel like like i don't have control in the world so i want to be in so much control in my home and you just can't with little kids you just can't you can't have that need to be in control all the time because then you're just going to be miserable speaking from experience mm-hmm. like um yeah so i just think i'm i'm reacting poorly to the kids behaviors sometimes and my own behavior and when I don't get my way or when I don't have the morning that I want, I just am cranky and I'm so sick of being cranky. Do you want to talk a little bit to your uh, frustrations with with uh, tasks, specifically like legal tasks or those kind of things? <laughs> well, okay, yes. I, I don't like... We talked about personalities a couple episodes ago and... Or maybe last episode. I don't remember. But um, I'm a number nine, which is like peacemaker, negotiator. I don't like conflict and stuff. But then I'm also a number one, which is um, order and routine and structure and schedules and rule following. And so it freaks me out when I'm not following the rules. And um, so like legal things and paperwork things and insurance like all of that stuff totally freaks me out when i'm when something goes awry it's like 
I'm going to go to jail. Like, they're going to take me to jail. Because... Can, can I share a specific example of this? Yeah. So, I can, I'm sorry. So, uh, we had a doctor's visit, like, a year ago or two years ago with Hiram. Oh, 2017, Yeah, it was guys. a long time long ago. time ago. And, like, the insurance got messed up. Like, somehow, like, the our insurance said, oh, we're not going to pay for this because we see that you're on another insurance. Mm-hmm. But, like, you weren't on another insurance. or It was, right. it was something silly like that. Like, yeah. the insurance should have covered it, but it didn't because, it, like, because of... It's called coordination of benefits. Yeah, so that fun stuff. And it Which should've... you can fix, but... You only have a certain number of days to do right. it. And the problem was they, the insurance company wasn't getting back to us. They got back to us after that time. Right. And so there was nothing we could do. Which was awesome. Thanks, insurance company. Yeah. I love spending money that I didn't need to spend <laughs> money on. Uh, I didn't need to spend. But it, was, it wasn't it was that much. It was like... It's like 200 bucks. Yeah, like $200. Which is like... It, it hurts a little bit, especially... But as like, a medical as bill, like... People have way bigger medical right. bills. Right, and so it's like it—it it wasn't going to like break our budget, but it wasn't going to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. But we couldn't even pay it because we had—they had sent it to collections, and then when without telling us, and then we had moved to Louisiana, and then they called and they were like, "Like, like hey, time to pay this thing." And I was like, "Okay," and she—I was willing to do it. I was like, "Hey, yes, let's get this finally taken care of." And she goes to confirm our address, and I'm like, oh, actually, yeah, like, we moved to Louisiana. And she's like, oh, yeah, you can't, we have to, like, move Send it, it or to something. a different collection agency. Yeah, so then we're like, well, I can't even take care of this. And so, Anyways. Emily, like, I, I walked into the room after she had this this conversation on the phone, and she was like this, as soon as she's feeling like this, I, I can feel the tension, and it's almost like, um, like if you've seen Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, like when they're in that big tunnel tube thing and like the other sp- Spider-Verses are like coming into their, the main spider universe. I probably should rewatch this if I'm going to talk about it, <laughs> but like, and all like the buildings are popping out of that, like that central part of the, it's just of like the machine. Chaos. It's like chaos and like things are coming out and like, you can tell like it's, it's like not contained mm-hmm. that's what emily feels like when you walk into the room after that and so i'm and and i just see it as it's hard for me to not want to fix it because i see like all of these things like popping out and i just want to like, kind of put my hands around it and just push it back into place <laughs> like it's okay and like we can fix this really easily and then after like talking to her about it for, for a little bit i realized her fear was that she was afraid they were going to like come and arrest her and maybe even like ruin her credit for the rest of her life and like take away our house. Like that was even part of your fear. <laughs> yeah. And like I like, just like and I, I a spiral into this like <laughs> like my world is over. Like I'm going to jail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's like going to jail. They're gonna kick us out of our house. And I was I was trying to be sincere. Oh, he died laughing. I died laughing. I'm like, you think that there are people out there whose entire goal? Oh, I was so is worried to... that they thought that we ran from our debt or something. Oh yeah, like, like that was what like it was. we moved to Louisiana. They're gonna like come after us and because like they're gonna think that we ran from our <laughs> it's debt. Like, and... It's like you think like, that they're gonna look at us and say they ran 
from their $200 debt. And in order to run from their $200 debt, they changed they changed states like going across the country they bought a house they like they got a new job and they did this all we did this all because we wanted to avoid paying two hundred dollars yeah so he was laughing but no but really like those kinds of things like completely throw me and they freak me out and they send me into this like place of tension and chaos and i i know that when andrew walks into a room he can feel it so thick Mm -hmm. that i'm panicking yeah it's like hardcore panic yeah um another example i left for arizona a couple months ago and the morning i was like getting everything together to get on the plane i was like oh i need my id i'll move it to my front pocket so i can like access it right away i go to get it it's expired like by a month because it expired on my birthday. And I was like, oh no. And so and then I just spiral into this like, they're going to come get me. Like, not, I'm going to jail because my license is yeah, expired. It's like not even like driving without a license. Like just existing with an expired license. Yeah. Well, because it's just going to be so much more work to get a new license because we're in a new state. And so it was just like so much red tape. Yeah. So I just... Anyways, you don't need to know all of my issues, yeah. but you do maybe need to know that I'm a lot crankier than usual, and I don't like it, and I really want to change it, and that's one of my personal struggles lately with creating an outpost of heaven or maintaining it is that I feel like my own, like I'm wrecking my own outpost mm-hmm. by my mood, and I so, hate that. So what are you doing to overcome that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I just keep thinking, like, okay, it's just pregnancy. Like, next month after I have a baby, it'll be over. Which I, th- I think, to I some know. degree, is healthy, right? Well, yes, because I can't expect so much out of myself. We were talking about this yesterday, but I, like, I know that hormones play a big role. But then there's, like, postpartum hormones, too. And right. exhaustion and fatigue that's going to play a big role. And I just don't want to get so okay with saying like oh it's just the way i am right now you know because i really should be working to change it can i talk about what i was saying yesterday please okay so i i don't or think... give me some tips on how to be a happier <laughs> human <laughs> I, I just don't think it is reasonable for you to expect yourself you remember we have to be rooted right? right and so i don't think it's reasonable for you to expect yourself to be at like your same level of righteousness or goodness or outpost of heavenly of heaveniness, uh, regardless of your situation, mm-hmm. right? And so, like, yes, we always have these principles that we're striving for, but there are situations that where it's harder to do that. And so, you know, it's just like when you're running. If you're you're running and say you have an eight minute pay, uh, eight minute mile, uh, and then you hit a, a hill like a big hill, like the goal is not to keep going at an eight minute pace. It's just to keep going. At the same level of exertion. Right. And so you're not like totally beating yourself up if your time slows down. Right. Because you know, oh, it's a hill. Like it's yeah. going to slow down. Yeah. And so you try and keep the same level of exertion, same level of effort needs to go into it. But when you're, if your righteousness level is an eight normally, let's say, you know, this arbitrary numbers, but to kind or of your conceptualize level it. Or yeah. Your, whatever it is. So like, let's say like your, your level is eight when you're not pregnant. Like, I don't think it's reasonable with all of the 
with all of the issues that you have to deal with as a pregnant person mm-hmm. to expect yourself to stay at an eight. <laughs> and I think the goal is just to continue putting in the same amount of effort. Yeah. And if that means that you have to be a six, like, I think that's, that's still okay. I'm and you glad keep that on. you think that because it's hard for me to hold myself to that expectation. Right. I guess, and no, I'm holding myself to the eight quote unquote expectation. When really I shouldn't, and so it makes me feel better that you don't hold me to the right. same and expectation. Right, and it doesn't make sense that anyone would hold you to the same expectation, because you're in a different situation, right? Yeah. Like, if you didn't have kids, I think the Lord would expect you to have much better scripture studies on your own than if you have kids at home. But, like, with us, when we have kids, with kids, it's, it's a lot harder to find that time to have those really good personal scripture study and, like, like uh... And couple okay, study, couple scripture study and whatnot, yeah. uh, because you wake up frequently to kids like peeling back your eyeballs and those kind of things, <laughs> and you can you can make efforts to overcome that, and we do, mm-hmm. but it, it still stands that it's an extra effort you have to make. Right, and so um, the, I think the Lord expects more of us when there's less on our plate, and when there's more on our plate, He doesn't expect us to to be doing the same that we could be doing without all the extra stuff on our plate. Okay. And I think pregnancy is just a huge, huge thing on your plate. (laughs) And this is probably like one of the most glaring examples, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, Like the Lord understands. And that doesn't mean that you just kind of give up. Like it doesn't mean... Right. No, I don't want to give up or be become okay with being this way forever. Right. And we talked about like with eating when you're pregnant, like, like you're going to gain weight and so like setting a weight loss go- a weight loss plan when you're in your third trimester probably not it's not smart effective or healthy right and so you're because you're you need to gain weight health you know for health reasons mm-hmm. uh and setting that weight loss goal then is not a good idea uh, but that also doesn't uh, understanding that you're not going to be losing weight doesn't mean that you should just say, oh, well, I'm going to gain weight anyway, so I'm just going to eat whatever I want and stop exercising or stop being active. Mm-hmm. And so th- there, there is a balance where you don't just, like, let it all go. Right. But you are, un- you're, uh, you are rooted in your situation, and you, are, you give yourself grace, especially the same grace that the Savior would. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Um, yeah, so, guys, I think that's I'm going gonna, gonna, gonna to try... Though even harder to just be a happier human and to understand where I'm at and be more rooted. Right. So that's, that's my goal. Okay. Okay. It's not very specific, but it's something that I can always be thinking about. So one of Emily's strengths and the thing that she helps me with a lot in our marriage is she will help me realize if what I'm saying is too like abstract (laughs) Okay. or too like up in the clouds. have a very philosophical mind. Yeah, and so I, I think in terms of philosophical systems. Uh, so like everything I like, even when I'm making small decisions, like I'm thinking of all like the ramifications of it. Yeah, and you're like, just a like very intentional why, yeah. person, which is a strength. Thank you, honey. But it makes it difficult for me sometimes to kind of say things simply. Yes. So Emily is going to help <laughs> me try and say this simply, uh, but a problem I've, I've realized that I'm struggling with is. Uh, the gospel is all good principles, right? It's like anything that's good is of Christ. But one thing I've realized lately is that there are a whole lot of 
good, like there are a whole lot of good principles, mm-hmm. like a ton of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm not a being that only exists in like the religious realm. Right. We have other interests and hobbies and right. programs we want to try out and stuff like that. Um, and so there are people who, or ideas or political ideologies or whatnot that I identify with really strongly. Uh, and um, again, I'm trying to say this really simply. And so like, say like there's a, a political movement that you're really passionate about. And so you identify with that because maybe a lot, a large portion of that political movement matches up with, with the gospel mm-hmm. and gospel principles. And so those, those, those are really, um, you, you see those gospel principles and you identify with them in that, that movement. And so you're really passionate about it. Uh, one thing I, I worry about, if we only have one movement or like one group or one voice that we're really listening to is getting so besides the gospel besides the gospel is like becoming so committed to that one movement that you uh, um, either adopt the principles of the movement that are antithetical to the principles of Christ or principles of the gospel or you begin to, or and or I guess you begin to uh, not focus on the other principles of the gospel that are not contained in this political philosophy. Mm-hmm. Um, or it doesn't have to be political philosophy. It could be Instagram influencer, or uh, yeah, it could be a TV sh- like a show or a news network or something like that. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. have to just be a political philosophy. Uh, but again, it's like there's two aspects where one you start to ad- uh, adapt the principles that are outside the scope of the gospel that are part of the political philosophy, or uh, you just begin to only focus on the gospel principles that are also contained in the political philosophy. It's like the Venn diagram thing. Right. Uh, And so like you never fully let go of your gospel principles that are part of the the philosophy Mm -hmm. and the political philosophy, but it might downplay the, um, like you become less holistic and less committed to the gospel as a whole. Right. Does that make sense? Yes, I think so. The way I see it, because, okay, so you're more involved in like the political realm. Yeah. And I'm not. So like the way that I apply what you are saying is that, tell me if I'm wrong. Okay. Okay. Is that there are a lot of like voices out there and a lot of them do feel good. Um, and so sometimes when we find something that we connect with, we kind of latch onto it Mm -hmm. and almost like idolize them, like the people that have produced it or the idea or the, the program. Um, and we almost take it as the gospel. And so that can be dangerous. Um, right. Because again, they, they usually embody some aspects or they're talking about, or they are pro some aspects of the gospel, like if they have like some gospel principles that they embody. Because again, there's mm-hmm. so many good things about the gospel, and sometimes it, it's difficult to just be committed to the gospel only or primarily because it's so all encompassing, mm-hmm. and it's easy to latch on to these influencers or these political personalities or ideologies um, because they're usually more specific and usually more f- more narrow in their application. Uh, and so it's easier to kind of see these people as like the 
or not not even see them this way, but to um, to begin to focus too much on the principles that of the gospel that they embody. Right. Making sense? I think so. Okay. I mean, yeah. And I just think that we're two very different people that like, I just keep going back to like Instagram influencers while mm-hmm. you keep going back to like political, political groups. philosophy stuff. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I've seen this with my own family members and friends that, um, and myself, definitely myself where like you find a new person to follow on Instagram and you're like, Oh my gosh, I love them so much. They are the cutest or they are the coolest and they, they have the coolest family and they like look at all these great things they're doing and they're so righteous. And, um, it's just dangerous. And I hope that no one ever like quote unquote idolizes or worships Mm -hmm. us like that. Like I would never want that for for them yeah you know because it's it it can be dangerous and And i've had to like even though like these people can be so great and i've like really admired them um like i have had to unfollow people just because i'm scared but like oh my gosh like yeah like i'm thinking about them way too much how creepy first of all right (laughs) but like like oh like i shouldn't i really shouldn't be focusing so much on them and like constantly be so so intently following them because it like it begins to flavor the way you interpret the gospel right or the world right so i think i think just like start maybe analyzing your own life what are your interests what are the groups or the voices that you've been really loving and maybe a like healthy obsessed or unhealthily obsessed with and Um, take a step back Right. Whether that means like get out of the program for a while, see how you feel, stop following that person, see how you feel. I don't right. know. Because I think the goal is to always make sure that you are viewing all of these other groups or identities or like not identities of or ideologies or influencers or people, whatever it is, pretty much the world from the gospel lens. So like gospel, the gospel needs to be like your foundation. Like it is right. the way you perceive things is through the gospel lens. Um, and if you find yourself focusing too much on one person or one voice, or you find yourself too honestly like obsessed with with one group or person or whatever it is, one entity, um, that is going to begin to to flavor the way you interpret the gospel instead of the gospel flavoring the way you. Or describe not describing, but to the influencing the way you perceive them, and once that switch happens, once you start like viewing things from their perspective and not from the gospel perspective, that's where it gets a little dangerous, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for me, that's something I've been thinking about a lot. Um, and one way, one thing I'm trying to do right now, so I'm doing two things to overcome this, and I, I hope this is somewhat helpful for people because I feel like this is very like abstract and esoteric even in my mind Uh, but i've been trying to just be balanced in the the voices that i do listen to so specifically Mm -hmm. with politics like there are a handful of political pundits or idea leaders that i really like and i follow fairly closely um but i try to diversify it and i try to get different voices so I don't just kind of get sucked in to one way of thinking 
because I think that's dangerous. Even if they're generally good voices, if we're only listening to one, we start to like look at them as like the the gospel truth or like the mm-hmm. way, and we we stop seeing ways that they might be wrong or ways that we would disagree with them usually, and we get just focused on emulating them. So if this has been a struggle for you in creating and maintaining your outpost of heaven, like, have you been seeing that you are maybe relying too heavily on an outside source or like an outside voice? I think so. And maybe not even like too much, but I'm aware of it, of like the potential for that. Okay. Um, So like one guy I really like. So it's like a threat. Yeah. It's like one guy, give a specific example. One guy I really like is Jordan Peterson. uh, And... I really like most of his stuff. And then he reaches a point where I, I disagree with him. And I think he's hindering his own like worldview by holding some specific views. And this is not a podcast about Jordan Peterson, so we won't talk about it specifically. Uh, but it's important for me to, to clearly delineate, okay, like, I don't agree with this because I don't think this is in line with the gospel. But you can still like him. Yeah, I still, yeah. I still it really like him. It doesn't mean like, oh, I disagree with that and that's not part of the gospel, so... By Jordan Peterson, like that's not what it is at right. all. It's like, I, and I think I would actually count. I would counsel to. I would. I would be concerned in any situation if any of us have somebody in our lives, or like some group or influence or whatever it is that we agree with one hundred percent. Like, if you find yourself agreeing with somebody one hundred percent, like something's probably wrong. <laughs> because they're not perfect. Their ideology yeah, is not perfect. Nobody's perfect. Um, unless it's like Jesus Christ himself. <laughs> or uh, like, or like, I think it's maybe fine with your like church. I think it is fine. Like if, if you agree with like the doctrines of your church and whatnot. Uh, but like people outside of the gospel context, like you shouldn't be um, agreeing with them a hundred percent of the time. And if you find yourself agreeing with them a hundred percent of the time, something's wrong. Um, because there's something in what they're saying that is m- more than likely contrary to the gospel. Or maybe just not the entirety of the gospel. Just like, well, I mean, we have this podcast, but not everything we say is doctrine. Like, Right, I mean, most stuff... This is our experiences. We are not perfect people. We yeah. are just trying to help out somehow. Yeah. But and, and we shouldn't yeah. be the only voice you're listening to about this stuff. And so if, right. if we are the only voice we're listening to... Just stop. <laughs> Go find somebody else to listen to as well, because we don't want you to fall into this trap, right? Like, right. You shouldn't just be listening to us because we are not authorized servants of God <laughs> preaching the gospel or anything like that. Like, we are just a couple talking about these ideas, bringing on other people to get their perspectives. Yeah. Well, that's a great point. Yeah. So, it's something that we're working on and you're working on yep. mostly. And oh, I forgot to say the last thing I'm working on is like oh. every now and again I'll do like a a purge where I'll just I'll not get on social media and I'll turn off all the notifications on my on my news apps because I have a lot. A lot. <laughs> I mean, I have like multiple news apps that's that that are across the political spectrum in like English news apps that are across the political spectrum, and then I have Spanish and Russian language news apps that are across the political spectrum, and and. Uh, so I have a lot of them. Yeah. And so like every now and again, I'll just turn them all off. And I'm doing that right now to kind of detox because I have to make sure that the gospel is my base. It is the lens through which I see everything else. And I don't look at the gospel through worldly lenses or political lenses or 
anything like that. Yeah. Okay, this was a much longer conversation than I was expecting. Yeah, I was actually expecting this to be a shorter episode, yeah, but it so definitely I, wasn't. <laughs> if, if you've been, if you're still with us, thank you. If you thought this was way too long, we apologize, but I think it was a good conversation. It was good for yeah, us. It was good for us to kind of analyze where we're at with building and creating and maintaining our outpost of heaven. So hopefully we were able to help you start thinking about how you are doing with that? Mm-hmm. What are your successes? What are you loving about it? What are you working on? What do you feel like you're not working on yet, but you need to be working right. on? And please um, take some time out and think about these things and and uh, to think about them in your own life and then maybe reach out to your family members or your spouse or your friends and kind of talk about how you can cr- create an expanded outpost of heaven better. Because sometimes... Uh, you're harsher on yourself than you need to be. Sometimes you're not harsh enough. Sometimes you can't see some of your weaknesses mm-hmm. um, or your strengths. And reaching out to people can really help with that. Yeah. And outposts of heaven are really all about community and relationships. Yeah, totally. All right. Okay. Anything else? Well, uh, no, I don't think so. Okay, cool. <laughs> okay. Well, um, please go ahead and scroll down. Leave us a rating and review. Um, we love to hear your feedback and we love to connect with you. And then also... Um, we're pretty active on Instagram at Outpost of Heaven, so we'd love to connect. Yep. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you so much. We love you. Keep the faith. Bye.